What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Engage 8 podcast. I'm here with my host, Josh and Mike, and we're going to get started with the AFC West and the NFC West for our division preview today. And Mike, I think you're going to take us away with some headlines from the last week. Yeah, some headlines from the last week first. But right after we finished recording last week, Dalvin Cook signed a one-year $8.6 million contract with the Jets. So another running back for the Jets with Brees Hall. Um, I think it's an interesting signing. I don't know how much... You can spread the ball to Brees Hall and him, but you can never have too many running backs. Yeah, Rodgers made it pretty apparent when he took that pay cut that he was going to do whatever he could to get the best talent around him because Green Bay never really did that for him. So, I, I mean, Dalvin Cook's a versatile running back, and I think this mainly just impacts for fantasy owners as far as Brees Hall goes and drafting. But as far as just pure football, I'd – you can always add more talent and Dalvin Cook's a Pro Bowl caliber running back. Yeah, and um, next, uh, the big news today, Jonathan Taylor has been given permission to seek a trade. His uh, his agent, Malki Kawa, not a good guy, has uh, started to look for trades. Um, I hope he doesn't get traded as a Colts fan, but I don't. I still don't see a trade happening. It's going to take a lot still to get the trade done but i would think jonathan taylor might be worried that he can't get back to his form that he has been in because otherwise i don't see a reason for him to want the money this fast um yeah any opinions yeah i think it's uh i think it's one of those things where i'll i'll believe it when i see it with everything i feel like when it comes to these trade requests in all sports now i mean you see like we talked about last week with Devin white he requested a trade and then all of a sudden started feeling bad so you never really know what's going to happen um, I don't even really have an idea of what a landing spot would be outside of. I saw some Miami rumors. I saw some horrible trades on the timeline today. But, yeah, I don't have any thoughts until we get some concrete news on what's going on. Yeah, yeah well, his been... agent has been uh, liking tweets saying Jonathan Taylor to Miami, which I just think is very unprofessional, and liking tweets saying requesting trade. I just think he's an unprofessional owner, and I don't really respect him that much. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was just going to say that I don't really know any like concrete landing spots, like you said, Josh, but I think it's going to be very interesting, very interesting to see any trade packages that they uh, end up getting for him because there were rumors saying that he would be asked for at least a first. And I, I just don't see that given the value of running backs nowadays, but it'll be very interesting to see if he even gets moved at all. Yeah, I'd love to see the Colts on a good end of a Trent Richardson type trade for a running back for a first round pick. But yeah, next news. Uh, I just, I, I don't know if I, I don't think it happens in today's market. I don't, I don't I, think there's a running yeah. back in the league that gets traded for a first rounder. Yeah. Uh, next news. Miles Jack retired after like two weeks with the Eagles. Um, uh, The Eagles defense is still very strong. I don't think this will affect the Eagles as much. Yeah, this is now a, uh... No problem for the Eagles. I don't, I don't think they care very much. I do respect the I don't want to do something, let me just quit route. <laughs> so I, I got to give Miles Jack that. But as far as uh, football goes, I don't think it's going to affect anything for the Eagles. And then uh, our last news, um, some good news. Isaiah Bolden is in good spirits after his scary injury against the Packers. Uh, he's been released from the hospital and he traveled with the team back to New England. God bless. Yep, good to hear. Good news, good news. Uh, Joe Burrow is apparently coming off that calf injury looking really good. 
Uh, Zach Taylor said that this is the best he's ever looked. I kind of find that hard to believe, but take what you can with that. It's I'm happy to see that Joe Burrow hopefully could be playing week one um, because I remember the a lot of overreactions to that video uh, when he originally heard it. Yeah, I'm happy that he's healthy, and I'm excited to watch that team play. Completely agree. All right, I think we're ready to move on to the AFC West preview. Uh, first team I started with is the reigning defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Um, they lost both of their tackles in Wiley and Orlando Brown, but they replaced those with Jawan Taylor and Donovan Smith, which is just further proof that if you're a Super Bowl winning team, uh, most of the time you can lose a lot of players and you're going to fill those spots. So I liked that for them. Uh, Charles Omenu is suspended six games, which is a problem, obviously, for them. But Felix and Duque Uzama, the rookie that they drafted, is going to get some work at edge. So I think that should be interesting in those six weeks when he's out. Uh, another big part of this team that I was a little bit – I think I'm a little bit worried about is the wide receiver group. They obviously drafted Rashi Rice, and I think he's going to really need to be a hit for them, especially in their first year without Eric Bieniemy. But at the end of the day, you have Patrick Mahomes – you have Travis Kelsey. The offense is not going to be a problem. Yeah, honestly, building off exactly what you said, I have, it, I have it in my notes here. If Mahomes and Kelsey are healthy, they're going to be very difficult to stop, regardless of who the receivers are. But Rasheed Rice has been a very pleasant surprise in camp from what I've read. And if Pacheco does want to take another step forward, even though he was a seventh-round pick, I think that they can add another dimension to that offense, to the running game and even in the short passing game as well. Yeah, I'm worried about the receiver room, but I, I don't think it really matters because they have the best quarterback in the NFL there, so they're going to move the ball. They have the best tight end, maybe in NFL history. I mean, as long as uh, Kadarius Tony can stay healthy, I think he'll be a very good wide receiver one for him. Uh, it was inter- it's been interesting to watch Justin Ross after he was out all last season, missed his rookie season, see him play in preseason. He's looked all right. Their offensive line, like you said, Josh, they lost both their tackles, but they were able to replace them pretty solidly, and they still have a solid offensive line. So this offense is going to have no problems. I'm just worried about the defense with Chris Jones not being at camp. Yeah, Pacheco year two, I'm I'm very excited for. I mean, overall, it seems like most running backs that we plugged into this Chiefs offense over in the Mahomes era, Clyde Edwards, Lair, Kareem Hunt, everybody, it's always worked, and it's always been a – very highly touted position at running back in that offense. Um, so I'm very excited to see that. Uh, Chris Jones has missed all 28 days of training camp, or I think it might be 29 now, but um, he's not gotten paid, and it looks like the Chiefs are not going to pay him, which is a problem. We've said a lot on this podcast that most of the stars this offseason that are asking to be paid do deserve to be paid, and it's a problem that he hasn't been paid yet. Um, and then another thing coming out of camp I saw was Mahomes was highlighting the DBs and the O-line. The O-line doesn't shock me at all um, because it's a very talented unit. It's probably a top 10 unit in the NFL or will be again. And then the DBs was interesting to me because the DB room isn't super talented for the Chiefs, but it kind of makes sense given the wide receiver core that the DBs would be looking good in camp. So I don't know what to take from that, whether it's a wide receiver problem or if it's a DB uh, or the DBs are overperforming. But uh, that seems like the big rumors coming out of Chiefs camp. Uh, yeah, especially with the lack of talent that they have and being very unproven in the receiver room, 
you would think that even with Mahomes at quarterback, the DB room would kind of be winning a lot of those battles. But I also want to see how the Chiefs offense responds to losing Eric Bieniemy in the offseason. I don't know exactly how big of an impact he has on their offensive play calling, their play styles in general, but seeing him leave is definitely going to have an impact. But I'm very curious to see how big it's going to be. Yeah, the enemy leaving. And I think Matt Nagy is our offensive coordinator now. So it's interesting to see if he can be a great offensive coordinator because he wasn't a great head coach. But back to Chris Jones. I mean, you said they need to pay their stars. You have to. It was very interesting to see movie director Michael Bay. Crazy that he's the one who was like golfing with Chris Jones. And he posted a picture and said, Chris Jones just quit the team. Yeah, so, I saw that. That was wild. So I don't know if he actually quit the team. There was a GoFundMe set up by someone to pay Chris Jones. And so Chiefs fans obviously want him. I mean, the team wants him. I thought about I just, myself. I think he deserves it. He he deserves it. It's hard, though, when you have that kind of a team. Sometimes it's hard to pay your guys. Yeah, um, it is hard to pay your guys. But I think when you have an offense that's as talented as the Chiefs have been for this whole era, I think you absolutely have to keep your best defensive player happy. I think that's no question. Because you lose him and then stuff starts to fall apart. Like I talked about the menu, uh six-game suspension earlier. And then if you don't have Chris Jones to start the season. I love George Karloftis, but... If he's if he's getting doubled, then I think the pass rush could be in a tough spot. So uh, those first six weeks, I think, could be a little bit questionable for the Chiefs on the defense plan. Yeah, I completely agree. the The foundation of any defense really starts with the front seven, and Chris Jones is one of, if not the best, defensive tackles in the league. And losing him is just it's like taking out the 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 foundation of a building. It's just not going to stand anymore yeah i think this will be another chiefs team where you know maybe first five six weeks they struggle maybe lose a game or two that they shouldn't and then they just develop their young guys develop i like you said josh i think uh felix uzamoa i really liked him from kansas state the edge i think he'll become very good for them and if he can play alongside a chris jones and carl optus that would be very good for their defense but I just think this team maybe struggles first five, six weeks, but I expect them to win the division and get to the AFC championship for a, I don't know, is it six straight year, fifth straight year? Yeah, I, th- I think it w- I think it's six. Yeah, it, it's, fi- it's five or six. But yeah, it, it looks like Felix is going to start at edge week one. So uh, that'll be interesting, especially if they don't have Chris Jones, a weak pass rush going against a top O line in the league in the Lions, Ben Johnson, months to prepare. Um. I think some people could be surprised on opening night, but if any, if you guys don't have anything else to say about the Chiefs, uh, we can move on to the Chargers. Yeah, I'm good with that. All righty. The Chargers, their ads and losses for me, I had very few notable ones. Um, they did add Eric Kendricks, and then they drafted Quentin Johnson from TCU, who I absolutely love as a prospect. And then they drafted Thule Tupelo to the edge in the draft. So I think uh, – kind of a weak offseason for them obviously their biggest thing was let's lock down Justin Herbert let's figure out our offensive coordinator situation and they decided to keep Staley which I know a lot of people were maybe it was emotions coming off that big choke loss against Jacksonville but a lot of people were calling for his job say he kind of does too much sometimes on the field which he does but now he's got the uh, another year to prove it and he gets Justin Herbert with three great weapons 
and Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Quentin Johnson. And now I'm seeing that they're playing Mike Williams primarily in slot in camp, which I think is really interesting to put a guy like Mike Williams in slot with Quentin Johnson and Keenan Allen on the ends. I think that could be a lethal offense. Yeah, speaking of their offense, they also lost Joe Lombardi as their offensive coordinator and brought in Kellen Moore from the Cowboys. I think that's going to do nothing but benefit Herbert. And after seeing what happened last year, their offense going stagnant in the second half of that wild card game, I think it's going to be good to get some fresh blood in there and see what really happens on that side of the ball. Yeah, I think Kellen Moore will help this offense. And, I mean, this offense has a lot of weapons. It's got maybe the best it'll be tough to beat those first three wide receivers in Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Quentin Johnson. But I mean, Gerald Everett's also a very solid tight end. They have one of the best running backs in the league in Austin Eckler, even though he is getting older. But like you said, Josh, I was very high on Quentin Johnson. And I think him in this offense is might be very good. And especially to let him learn under Keenan Allen a little bit. Um, just excited to see how he develops over the years. The offensive line, it has some question marks, but it's it's solid. It gets the job done. Um, they have very good pass protection, very good, but they struggle in the run game a little bit. But with this offense, they're going to be passing a lot, so it's going to be good for them. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, just off pure size. It's going to be hard to run man at all against this team. Um, I, there's, I can't off the top of my head think of any team in the league that has three DBs size-wise that are going to be able to match up with those three receivers for the Chargers. So I, th- I think they should, for the most part, be torching uh, people on offense. Uh, and we I, I don't know if maybe you, I missed it, you mentioned it, but also Austin Eckler, who hasn't gotten paid yet. But um, Austin Eckler was one of the top backs in the league last year, if not the top back. So we're talking about a highly, highly talented offense. Uh, the defense, on the other hand, is also super talented. But the interior D-line is a little bit shaky. Uh, I don't. I have mixed feelings about Sebastian Joseph Day uh, on their D line, but I mean we're talking about edge rushers and Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, and then you got Derwin James, J.C. Jackson, Asante Samuel Jr. This team's got names, which they've had for years now. They've had names, and they've consistently not been able to stop the run or close out games. So uh, it's put up or shut up for the Chargers. Yeah, to go along with you with the put up or shut up, uh, I think another issue that they've had is has been injuries. Keenan, yep. Keenan Allen missed seven games last year. Mike Williams missed five, including that wild card game. Uh, Rashawn Slater missed 13. Joey Bosa missed 12 last year. And Derwin missed three, but they did lose a couple of those where he could have made some plays and could have changed the, the outcome of that game. But on the other side of that, Khalil Mack played 17 games, and I was really shocked about that. But maybe that's just him being on the on the – regression but i think if they're healthy they can definitely improve on that 10 and 7 record and maybe even make it past the first round of the playoffs yeah that's what i have listed as maybe the most important thing for this team especially the defense's health they just need their defense to stay healthy joey bosa they need him to stay healthy um obviously cleo magnes to stay healthy jc jackson is coming back they have a lot of guys who are good but just need to stay healthy and perform on the field Derwin has been had injury issues his entire career so they need those guys to stay healthy this year yeah I I remember a couple episodes back when we did the NFC East preview 
And we talked about, speaking of Kellen Moore, we talked about the Cowboys and how they absolutely needed to win a playoff game. And I think the Chargers are kind of in the same situation. I think if Brandon Staley, same as Mike McCarthy, if Brandon Staley can't win a playoff game this year with this roster, barring some massive injury, um, I think you need to either promote Kellen to head coach or look elsewhere for a leader. Yeah. Uh, Kellen Moore, I think he could have gotten a few uh, head coaching jobs across the entire league last year, but went to the Chargers, and I'm I'm very excited to see what he's going to do with Herbert and that very scary arsenal of weapons that they have. And backtracking to what you said about Mike Williams being in the slot, that's that, that's a real scary thing to to hear for especially other AFC West uh, defenses because someone who can move that well at that size is no easy task to guard. Yeah. And the last thing I got for him is they did re-sign Will Clapp. Yeah. Great player. Yeah, all-time name. All-time name. What a guy. All right. Any last things about the Chargers, or are we ready to move on? I'm ready. All right, next team I got here is the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, Ads for them, Marcus Peters, Jimmy G, who they have now to be their new quarterback. They picked up Austin Hooper, the tight end. Jacoby Myers and DeAndre Carter to add to the receiving core. They got Epps, and then they went and they drafted Tyree Wilson, the super long athletic edge from Texas Tech. They got Michael Mayer, the tight end from Notre Dame. And they also picked up Byron Young and Aiden O'Connell as well. So for their losses, obviously they lost Derek Carr to the Saints, which is their whole reasoning behind getting Jimmy G. Uh, They traded Darren Waller to the New York Giants, excuse me. They lost Cleland Farrell, who I'm sure they were probably happy to lose him. And then other losses here, I have Denzel Perryman, Rakusen, Foster Moreau, and Jared Stidham. Um, Overall for this team, weak O-line, weak interior defensive line. Um, I saw that Byron Young is looking to move up on the depth chart at tackle as far as how he's been playing in camp. So I think that could be good. I think a lot of teams in the situation as the Raiders – you want to – I mean, it's complicated because they have guys like Devontae Adams and it's, you don't want to waste his career. But at the same time, they're in a position where you should want to play your young guys because you don't have much talent in a lot of spots, like I said, interior D-line. Uh, yeah, building off that D-line, uh, I don't really know what to make of their edge rushers either. Yeah, they got Max Crosby. He had 12 and a half sacks last year. But Chris Jones, they, they went out and got him. And outside of that big uh, Mac Jones stiff arm, against the Patriots. He only had four and a half sacks and didn't really make many splash plays, to be honest. So either they're going to hope for a resurgence or I'm thinking they're going to finish around that six and 11 record or even worse again next year. Yeah. Don't respect, don't disrespect Max Crosby, but Chandler Jones. Yeah. I think if they, if those who can stay healthy, they will be a very good defensive end, just duo. Um, but the big news today that we didn't talk about in the, news segment was that Josh Jacobs is expected to return before week one. So getting your best player on your team debatably back, that's big for him. He, I think he might've been the best running back last year. Um, They have a solid O-line. It's not great. It's not great by any means, but they still have Devontae Adams, the best receiver in football possibly. And so they have weapons on offense, Hunter Renfro in the slot. They did lose Waller, like you said, Josh, but I don't expect much from this team. Uh, I have been hearing from my sources with the Raiders that Jacorian Bennett, the cornerback, has been looking very good in camp. He's got a 
been mentored by Marcus Peters, one of their additions. He was playing great. I think he got hurt, though. He's very fast. So that's a sneaky guy that can come and be a very good corner for them and help that secondary. Yeah, I'm worried about Jimmy G, man. What I've seen from Jimmy G as far as the reports go from camp is that he's been not been performing very well, which concerns me considering the weapons that he has. Obviously, the offensive line, I, I'm, I personally don't think the offensive line is okay. I think the offensive line is pretty weak as far as we stack it up to a lot of the other O-lines, especially in the a lot of the teams we're talking about today. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's got the weapons. Austin Hooper's a good tight end. You have, obviously, Devontae Adams, who's one of the best receivers in the league. He's been playing without Josh Jacobs, obviously, which is a problem. But um, it, it doesn't – it's it's really a prove-it year to see if Jimmy G can perform outside of the system that he's been a part of between Bill Belichick and then Kyle Shanahan two of the greatest coaches in the league and will probably go down as two of the greatest of all time. Um, And now he's got to, now he's got to go with Mike McDaniel, which has been notoriously rough as a head coach. And I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty low on the Raiders in general. Yeah. I'm in the same boat as you. Jimmy G's just taking a big downgrade in terms of the weapons and situation around him. Devontae Adams is probably going to be the best weapon he's ever played with especially with Adams going from Rodgers to Carr and still producing at that elite level. I expect a little bit of a dip, but that's because Garoppolo doesn't have the biggest arm. But in the short game, he's probably going to rack up 110, 115 catches again. And Hunter Renfro, he's going to be a nice little compliment to him. But Josh Jacobs getting him back is going to be really nice. And that O-line, they're just going to have to be okay. I don't think they are, but that's just what they have to hope for right now. Yeah, their O-line's okay, but their O-line is pretty good at doing what they like to do, which is run the football. That is their strength. Um, Aiden O'Connell has looked very good in camp. I just wanted to give him a shout-out, Purdue football guy. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think that would actually be pretty cool if we did see AOC get some starts in Vegas. Um, if they If they lose a lot of games early and it's obvious that they're going to be out of it, one, there's always the option of trades. I mean, you got guys like, and to piggyback off what Mike said, don't yeah, don't disrespect Max Crosby. He's I wasn't trying to. Max Crosby's the best player on this team. Oh, by far, including Josh Jacobs, he's the best player on this team. I wouldn't say by far, but him, Jacobs, and uh, Adams are definitely yeah, Devontae too. Yeah, deep but, drop off after those three though. It's gonna be uh, if they do end up holding on to Max Crosby and and don't trade him. Um, depending on how the season goes, a future of Max Crosby and Tyree Wilson is a really good start to build a team because obviously Chandler Jones' time will come. Um, but Tyree Wilson is just a big, long arm DN, and he was there was a lot of mock drafts where he was going way higher than he did. There was mock drafts where he was going three or four. So I, I love that pick for the Raiders, and uh. They they pulled the classic team that's not in a good spot just drafting best player available because they obviously DN is maybe dead last of needs on this team. But um I love Wilson. I'm happy that he's back at camp. Yeah, if Tyree Wilson can even get a little bit out of what's left of uh Chandler Jones, then that's gonna be a major win for the Raiders. Him and like you said, Josh, him and uh, Crosby, 
They're going to be real scary for years to come, but they got to shore up that interior to help with the run game and some interior pass rush and kind of sidestep a little bit to Jimmy G. He almost just didn't be a part of the team because of all of his like physical issues. That signing almost fell through and they would have had to maybe go QB at what they pick seven. They oh, might've yeah. had to go. They might've had to go QB with that. And we don't know if that would have been Levis or if they even would have moved up for Richardson, but I think Jimmy G with the Raiders, it makes a little bit of sense with the type of offense you have going on there. But to think that that almost didn't happen, I don't know where they would be without him. Yeah, we've seen Jimmy G play in this offense. So I kind of just expect kind of similar to what he was in uh, San Francisco, where he's just going to be an all right quarterback. But this time he doesn't have Josh or uh, Kyle Shanahan to win games for him as an offensive mind. Uh, one more guy I wanted to mention was uh, Michael Meyer. Very good tight end from Notre Dame. Someone was saying he's got Gronk-like comparisons. I don't know about all that, but I'm excited to see how he plays, and I hope he starts over Austin Hooper because right now he's listed as the second tight end on the depth chart. I really hope they don't play Austin Hooper over him. I was seeing that, too. They spent a second-round pick, though, correct, on Mayer? It was a second-rounder? So. You, right. you, you don't – no disrespect to Austin Hooper. You don't take a tight end in the second round and play Austin Hooper over him. At least uh, not for very long, I don't think. And yeah. they traded up for him in the second round. Yes, oh, that man. too. He might have inside track there. This could just be a a depth chart issue, and maybe they they're not showing their cards, whatever. But but I I assume they're going to want to use Michael Mayer with the capital they used on him. And this is gonna just a quick sidetrack. This is looking to be with Kincaid, Laporta, and Mayer. It's going to end up being a beast tight end class when we look at it. It seems that all of them have looked good so far. And uh, it's, it's always nice to have a, it's Maybe it's not the most necessary part of a team, but it's nice to have a good tight end. Yeah, I hate to bring it up, but don't forget about Musgrove with the Packers. Him and Jordan Love have been looking actually kind of solid in camp, but we're not doing the NFC North today. We won't get too much into that. But like you said, it could be a huge tight end class this year. Can't help ourselves talking right? about the NFC North. <laughs> All right. You guys ready to move on to the Broncos and finish out this division? Yes, sir. All right. The Denver Broncos, their biggest ad, Sean Payton, head coach. And then they also got Frank Clark, Mike Mulginshi, the tackle from San Francisco, Chris Chris Manhurts, Adam Trotman, the former Saints tight end, Zach Allen, who was maybe my favorite ad so far from here, Ben Powers, who played 100% of snaps last year, Marvin Mims, the receiver they drafted, Drew Sanders, the linebacker, and Randy Randy Moss, Riley Moss, the cornerback. Their losses, Ronald Darby, Graham Glasgow, Chase Edmonds, Calvin Anderson, Draymond Jones. Not a lot of big losses, which this is a team that had talent, Russ underperformed, head coach blunder, to say the least, in Denver. So they had a lot of things going against them. But overall... I like all of their ads. Um, it was a really active offseason, which you needed to see from them. Uh, after you make that rust trade, you can't just roll over and die. So I'm happy they were they had an active offseason. A really solid offense top to bottom, but it's all gonna depend on Russell Wilson. It it doesn't he has the talent around him. If he plays like he did last year, it's not gonna matter. So they need to get him back to Seattle Russ, the Russ that was almost getting an MVP vote every season. And the defense is also super talented. They could use another cornerback, but 
it's a pretty it's a pretty deep unit. Yeah, going off of uh what you said about or what was his name? Uh Sean Payton. In the yep. words of the great Stephen A. Smith, you weren't wrong, but you didn't have to say it. Sean Payton absolutely murdered Nathaniel Hackett. And I just think he could not have been more correct, but he didn't have to say it. He didn't have to go out publicly and say that. I think a good amount of their issues was because of Hackett and his inability to adapt, just be a coach in general, all that. But Sean Payton is definitely an upgrade. And I think Russ is going to improve because of it. Yeah. They need Russ to be back to his first 10 week MVP Russ that he was in Seattle. Um, but I think that's basically the whole season. They have a great roster. It's going to be Ken Russell Wilson bounce back or will he come up short? Um, but they have a solid receiving core with uh, Corlin Sutton and Jerry Judy, a solid offensive line. Their defense has some question marks in the secondary outside of Patrick Sertain. So it's interesting to see how they play. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, outside of Sertain, uh, they could definitely use another corner, but you still have Justin Simmons, you have Graham Jackson. So their back end isn't isn't really in that bad of a spot. But cornerback uh, two being Damari Mathis isn't ideal. Um, that's a situation where a guy like Riley Moss could maybe slide in there if he if he's overperforming in practice or camp or whatnot. But yeah, I mean, I it's just for me, it just it just all goes back to Russell Wilson. Um, it's hard to imagine. At least I feel like definitely for us because we grew up in in an era where Russell Wilson was winning Super Bowls and was always on talented teams, and it's kind of just wild to see him just fall off a cliff like he has. I mean, Zach, you were clamoring for him to be traded to the Bears not too long ago, so it's kind of wild how far he's far he's fallen. I don't but, think anybody uh, expected that absolutely just horrific cliff drop, but yeah, it's it's truly crazy and. I feel like a lot of times in these scenarios, we expect like, I mean, the talent's there. Like he he can do it, but you do it two seasons in a row. If he goes and he flops this year, we're not going to be talking about the Broncos in the walking on eggshells way we are now. So hopefully Sean Payton's the guy to do it. Um, I think Sean Payton can wolf him into shape. Yeah, Sean Payton's definitely the biggest ad for this team. They retooled with the offensive line with McGlinchey and Powers after losing Risner and Turner. But I kind of want to look at the receiver room a little bit. Tim Patrick, he's out for the year with a torn Achilles, but he's had 700 plus yards in each of the last two years. And that's that's a lot of yards that you got to make up from a wide receiver three. Sutton and Judy can be really good, but that's going to have to come with some rust consistency and the offense as a whole improving as well. Yeah, I'm hoping in their tight end room, Kind of like uh, it was with the Raiders. I really hope they don't. They signed Adam Troutman in the offseason. I know he's a Sean Payton guy in New Orleans, but I really hope they don't play him over Greg Dulcich because I'm, I was very pleased with what I saw from uh, Greg Dulcich last year, and I hope he gets that tight end one and gets a lot of targets because I think he is very capable of being a tight end one in this league. Yeah, and then they and then on top of signing Troutman, they also go and they, they spent a third on Manhurts. It was it might have been a fourth. I think it was a third though. It's so maybe they maybe Sean Payton just doesn't like him. It kind of seems like a situation where Sean Payton's going to come in and just kind of have it his way. So I I could see a world where he would just where he would play play his guys. But the receiver room, obviously, the Tim Patrick loss is big. 
and you really hate to see that. But that's a, just another opportunity for Marvin Mims to get there now, and he's going to be a true wide receiver three. And young young receivers that are not drafted in the first couple rounds, a lot, they show out. I mean, we, we've seen it. So, I mean, it would be nice to see him uh, have a good season, especially when he gets to play alongside two good receivers and route runners and Sutton and Judy. So um, I think there's a chance he could have a sneaky big year. Uh, especially if there's an injury to the one or two guys. Yeah, I'm completely in the same boat with you with Marvin Mims. I think he could be in line for a really big year, stepping into that Tim Patrick role as wide receiver three. I don't think he's going to clip that 700-yard mark, but I think he has a real good chance to solidify himself as an NFL-level player who came in and produced in the right role at the right time. Yeah, and – Javante Williams is also back from his injury last year, so I'm excited to see how he plays. They signed Samaje P. Ryan in the offseason, but, I mean, this is going to be Javante Williams' backfield as long as he's healthy. He was very good in his time before his injury last year, so excited to see him. Yeah, good good rookie season, poised for that second-year jump, and he gets hurt. Um, you really do hate to see when that happens, but I would love to see a big bounce-back year for him. And uh, – if we haven't talked much about this old line, but like uh, we said, Powers and McGlinchey are big ads. Um, so maybe sneaky comeback player of the year for uh, good old Javante Williams. If he's he gonna be. He's gonna be up there and now. Gets the and gets the numbers. I think he could. Yeah, gotta win games too. Very true. All right, we can move on to the division awards for the AFC West, uh, starting with offensive rookie of the year. Uh, I went with Rashi Rice, um, like we talked about earlier, in a weak wide receiver room. Uh, and you have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey to draw all that attention. Um, I think he could be poised to have a big year. And young players always, especially on offense in the Chiefs offense, the young players just always seem to have a lot of production. Uh, I got Quentin Johnson. I mean, he's just a big freak athlete. He's going to be really good with Herbert throwing on the ball. So I got him winning rookie of the year for the offensive side of the ball for this division. I also got Quentin Johnson. I'm very high on him. I think he'll have a great season. I have him as my offensive rookie of the year. And for honorable mentions there, I also had Quentin Johnson, but Michael Mayer as well, like we talked about earlier. Yeah. Also, if he can get playing time, could have a big year. Uh, defensive rookie of the year, uh, a guy that I've been high on the whole draft process, and I wanted the Lions to take at one point, uh, Tyree Wilson. Um, he, he just has the tools, and – especially when you have an older guy like Chandler Jones who could be suspect to injury or maybe not be able to play as much. Um, I think the ro- he could get in the rotation and definitely get some sacks. Yeah, I got Tyree Wilson for the exact same reasons you do. Um, you can really plug him into any team and he'll produce pretty well, or I believe he will produce pretty well. But on the Raiders learning from Chandler Jones, it's going to be really good for him for the future. Yeah, I have a couple – Names uh, Felix Uzamoa, the chief defensive end, and also Jacorian Bennett, if he can be what I've been hearing. But I have Tyree Wilson also as my defensive rookie year for this division. Also, run stopping, too. Those big, long arms, you could definitely drag some running backs down. Um, offensive player of the year, um, going to go with the greatest tight end ever touch the field, Travis Kelsey. Um, there's not really much explanation for this or my MVP pick, but he's going to go out there and he's going to produce way more than every other tight end does in the league as he does every single year. 
Uh, I got Justin Herbert winning Offensive Player of the Year. I think him and uh, the new OC will really mesh well together. And, yeah, Kelsey's really good. Great, actually. But I think Herbert's going to take this one this year. Better than great. I also have Travis Kelsey as my Offensive Player of the Year. I mean, he's undoubtedly the best tight end in the NFL. And he's got the best quarterback in the NFL. So he's my Offensive Player of the Year. All right, for Defensive Player of the Year, I was a little shaky about this pick because, like we said, the cornerback room isn't great. They have good safeties. But I went with Pat Sertain. Um, I like the fact that they have improved their pass rush, and I think that can help him a lot with not having to chase guys down for long periods of time while the opposing quarterback's in the pocket because the pass rush can't get there. So I think that's going to help him a lot, and he's one of the best young corners in the league. He is just as good as Sauce Gardner and doesn't get the praise that Sauce Gardner gets. I think you could argue that Sertan's the best corner in the league, but that's There's a story for another. I, that's a story for another day. But you could argue a lot of guys for this award in this division. You got Joey Bosa if you think he's going to bounce back. Khalil Mack if you think he's going to just get a reinvigoration of youth. He played all 17 games last year. He played all 17 last year? That I was shocked about oh, wow. that, too. Yeah. I did not know that. But you can go Bosa, Mac, if you think he's going to have a resurgence, or Sertan. That's also a great pick. But I went Chris Jones. I think if he plays, he's just he's the best player on that defense by a long shot, and he really shows it every single week. Yeah, in terms of Pat Sertan, as Devontae Adams once said, he's not ready yet. So I'm going to go different. I'm going to go with Max Crosby as my defensive player of the year. I just think he's one of the best defensive ends in the league, and I think he's going to have a lot of production. I was considering Chris Jones, but if we don't know if he's playing or not, I don't want to pick Chris Jones. I'm going to go with Max Crosby. I was going to add that Chris Jones note as well. If Chris Jones was paid by now, that would have been my pick. But it's tough to say that he's going to be the player of the year and then if he just goes and sits the whole season. I just but, don't see them not paying him. Like, how do you not pay someone who's won two championships with you? I don't like, get it. What he what he has rightfully deserved. I don't get that. No, I'm with you. I don't I don't understand it at all. Um, but it seems like the reports are that they're adamant about not paying him. So I don't know how you go and you give everybody else the money, and then when it's time, you're like, all right, let me cheap out on defense. But yeah, I guess we can move on to MVP, which we should should be unanimous here. Patrick Mahomes, the best player in the league. Um, he's gonna do it again. O line, like we said, they lost their tackles, but they get two tackles that are better than a lot of the tackle pairs in this league right back. So, um, I got Mahomes. It, it's Patrick Mahomes, man. Shocker, I have Mahomes as well. Best quarterback in the NFL, I got Mahomes. All right, awesome. I'm happy we were on the same page there. For a second, I was a little bit worried with the way Zach was looking. <laughs> But all right, we could uh we're good to move on on to the NFC West now. Is oh actually do you guys want to go over standings real quick for the uh AFC yeah, West? We can knock that yeah. out real quick. All right, cool. Um my standings were Chiefs in first. Um I have the Broncos actually in second. I I think Sean Payton is just he's proven. And it's it's all like a, like we talked about, it's all on Russ. Um Chargers third, but I mean I'm I'm back and forth with them and the Broncos and then Raiders in fourth. I'm in the same boat as you. Uh Chiefs one and Raiders four, but Chargers and Broncos, you can really flip-flop between both of them, depending on how high you are on Russ and Sean Payton. But I have Chargers at two and Broncos at three to round that out. 
I'm with Josh. I have the Chiefs at one, the Chargers at two, the Broncos at three, and the Raiders at four. A little bit of breaking news. It's not big, but uh, Rappaport has said that the Colts are looking for, I want to say, a first-round pick or two seconds, and the Miami Dolphins are exploring it. You said two seconds? I think it was two seconds. See, I... Multiple I can see twos. that. The There's Dolphins have been twos. giving up picks too, haven't they? With Chubb yeah, and Ramsey, the, and I mean Ramsey was only a fifth, and I think Chubb was a first, and maybe a little bit extra. But when teams like them and the Rams are willing to give up picks, though, and the ties with Jonathan Taylor's agent for some reason in the city of Miami, yeah, <laughs> um, I think those are good enough ties. But um, okay, ready to move on to the NFC West? Yeah. Uh, I... I, Started with the San Francisco 49ers. Um, they add Javon Hargrave. They add Cloland Farrell, who we mentioned earlier from the Raiders. I just wanted to add that because we talked about the Raiders. That Otherwise, I would completely never talk about that. Um, Sam Darnold and Jair Brown. Their losses, and this is a lengthy list, so be ready. Jimmy Ward, Jimmy G, Samson Ebukam, Emmanuel Mosley, excuse me, uh, Michael Glinsky, Aziz Alshier, Daniel Brunskill, Hassan Ridgeway, and Charles Amen, who is, who is now suspended six games for the Chiefs. Um, but yeah, a big note that we got yesterday that Greenlaw, Kinlaw, Jackson, Kittle, and Mitchell are all returning to practice this week, which is good. They've been pretty banged up early. It seems like the Niners are always banged up, but happy that those guys are getting back on the field all at the exact same time for some reason. Um, not a lot of talent on this O-line. But at the end of the day, we're talking about Kyle Shanahan's system, and you don't need the most talented O-line in that system. So I, what would be a concern if they didn't have Shanahan is really not a concern for me. Um, lots of talent um, that they lost, and pretty uh, a pretty inactive offseason for them as far as uh, free agency and the draft went. So um, I don't love that for them. Uh, their front seven is still very talented. But they're shake. They're really shaky in the secondary, uh, outside of Ward and Hufanga. Yeah, and adding one more name to that list of losses, Robbie Gold, a kicker. I feel like we shouldn't show any disrespect to the Bears' living legend. Yeah, that's on me. It's on me. <laughs> and like you said, Javon Hargrave, the the big fish of this year's free agency period, going to from one NFC contender to another. I think that does tip the scale a little bit into the 49ers' direction, but. The big question mark at quarterback if Purdy can continue his uh, end of season success and if the 49ers in general can get over that hump if they even do have a quarterback in the playoffs. So adding CMC at the trade deadline, that was huge. But as long as the quarterback, whether it's Purdy, Lance, or Darnold, if they can be a solid distributor to their insane plethora of weapons, they will be a top three team in the NFC regardless. Yeah, um, adding one more loss to the list of losses. They <laughs> lost D'Amico Ryans, their defensive coordinator. Yes, yes, yes. And so that is what worries me about the defense. They they got a great defensive line. That's not really an issue. They got great linebackers, but I want to see how they can hide their weaknesses in the secondary. They lost a couple guys, Emmanuel Mosley, uh, Jimmy Ward. I'm interested to see how that'll affect their secondary, like I said. But their offensive line, like you mentioned, Josh, it's not great, but Kyle Shanahan is just, in my opinion, he might be the best coach in the NFL. I think he is the best coach in the NFL. And I, he'll do a, 
a good job at hiding their weaknesses on the O-line. And then their receiving room is just, it's, it's very good with Devo Samuel, uh, Brandon Ayuk, Jawan Jennings, and Christian McCaffrey. You could call him a receiver. Kittle, very good offense. And Kyle Juszczyk, a fullback, which I love a good fullback. Yeah, speaking of their weapons, uh, I remember seeing a couple months back, or maybe a month back, whenever OTAs first started, uh, that Kittle said he really expects a big year out of Brandon Ayuk and that he's seen a lot of him over the summer. So uh, I'm excited to see how Ayuk is. He's always been a really talented receiver. Obviously, he's had to be number two to Debo, arguably number three in the offense, or four with McCaffrey and Kittle now. But um, I could see him being uh, having a really solid year, especially with all the gravity going to all those other stars that I just mentioned. Um, just to touch one more time on their offensive line, if you take Trent Williams off this offensive line, this might be a bottom five to ten unit in the league, really. Like, it's a, it's not a talented offensive line. But you don't take Trent Williams out, and he's one of the best tackles in the league. So they have that going for him, as well as Shanahan. Um, and like you said, Mike, about the secondary without D'Amico Ryans, um, it's really, really shaky. So – you the front seven is as good as it gets in the league but a lot of unproven guys in the secondary and that could loom large when you play teams with a good o-line that you can't just get to the quarterback right away yeah to shout out a couple superstars on this team trent williams fred warner christian mccaffrey arguably three of the best players at their given positions when you have guys like that all across the board you're gonna win games and you're gonna get a lot of splash plays that can turn like one to two score games into like real quick blowouts. And with their plethora of weapons, like I said earlier, Debo, Kittle, CMC, Ayuk, Ayuk especially, he's a very underrated route runner and just receiver in general. And I'm very excited to see what he does with all this praise that he's getting from Kittle and other teammates of his. But Shanahan, he's always been a really good coach, really good uh, play designer, he can get his guys in spots, especially moving Trent Williams of all players in motion and getting him moving. That that's scary. So, I think they're still going to be a very good team, regardless of who's that quarterback. Yeah, the quarterback position is the main question, which I think they got their guy Brock Purdy. He looked great last year. You feel bad for Trey Lance; he never really got the opportunity. He's only thrown like what is it? It's like five hundred career passes throughout it's like high school college and the nfl which is just not a big number and then sam darnold too in there who early in the season i was hearing that he was starting looking great and now he's listed as third on their depth chart so that's interesting but i think brock purdy is the guy and as long as he's healthy i think he'll be the starter and be a solid quarterback for him yeah about purdy i was just going to touch on that uh, i've been seeing that he's throwing a lot of picks in camp but shanahan said he's not worried about it or anything and that he thinks it's just a little bit of rust. It's was it was there not at one point in the offseason where we were like Brock Purdy's coming back like week 10, and now all of a sudden he's just gonna he just played in the preseason game a couple of days ago. It's wild to me uh how quickly that recovery process went though. But good for him. I'm happy that he's gonna be back on the field. I love I like Purdy. Um Trey Lance is there if we go three or four years down the road and Trey Lance never really plays a good amount for the Niners and the Niners didn't win a Super Bowl in that time. That trade's going to be looked at as one of the worst trades we've seen in a long time trading up for Trey Lance. So Dolphins did some good work with that one. Yeah, exactly. Then that's why they're able to do 
the be able to trade picks for Chubb and Taylor and Ramsey because they've made other good trades. But yeah, I mean they gotta win it, they gotta they gotta figure out what they're gonna do with Trey Lance because you just using wasting that much capital just to take a guy in the seventh round, Mr. Irrelevant, and then that's your new quarterback. Oh that's a that would make me sick if I was Niners fan looking back at that trade. Personally, I'm not that high on Brock Purdy in general. Like, yeah, I get he was winning games, but look at who he was throwing to. I If I could throw to those guys, I'm sure I could muster up 50 yards in the NFL. If I could hand it off to CMC and Debo and then throw to CMC and Debo like, and just get the same production at an elite level, that's just insane. From going, going from Mr. Irrelevant, sure, that's like – a term that people want to get rid of now because Brock Purdy did all that and then took him to the NFC championship. I mean, you put a lot of quarterbacks that are on a roster, aren't on a roster, whatever in that situation, they might still take them to the NFC championship. I I don't see how you can just, I mean, he won games. It's not hard. You can't switch quarterbacks if you're winning games. That's why they didn't switch from Jimmy G while they could have. Brock Purdy's winning the game. I think y'all are disrespecting Brock Purdy a little bit here. I think it's I think, I'm with Zach though, kinda. I I think I, I I agree, but like you said, so did Jimmy G. And if we go out there and we see Jimmy G throwing nothing but picks at the Raiders, it's gonna have you thinking. He bombed with Super Bowl. And who says Purdy wouldn't have bombed the Super Bowl if he didn't get hurt there? Who's to say I, Lance wouldn't have if he didn't get hurt back in like week what two? Yeah, I mean, it's that is the problem when you're in a system like Shanahan's and you're not a high contract, high value player. You're going to get the questions of, oh, is he is it because of Shanahan or whatnot? But um, I don't know. We'll see how he recovers from an elbow injury. Um, that's obviously not ideal for your quarterback. Yeah, that, that was a really fast recovery. Like you said earlier, I was. I was shocked to see that he was like back and throwing and even playing in the preseason game. That was real quick turnaround for what seemed like a very almost devastating injury to someone who was really hot at the time. And just like you said, Mike kept winning games. So I was shocked. I didn't even know he was going to play. I was just watching NFL network and I saw, I was seeing the highlights and I'm like, what, what are we doing here? He's back now. <laughs> I didn't even know he was practicing yet. So that's good for them though, because like we talked about Lance's not looked good. And I guess you have Sam Darnold though, who last year had had a couple good games. <laughs> Something. I mean, I would like yeah. to see Trey Lance go somewhere like Washington, maybe just to see like him, that. see him with Dotson and uh, Terry. I mean, yeah, we talked about the East a while ago, but his weapons it, aren't the problem, though. Well, yeah, but I, mean, I, just, I want to see him air it out to people, not just like those screen passes and hand it off. Yeah, yeah. Fair. He's got he's got a cannon on. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. All right. You guys ready to move on to the next team? Uh, shout out Willie Sneed for the 49ers. I hope he makes a team. Ball State legend. Ball State legend. Love that guy. All right. For the Seattle Seahawks, the biggest. Oh, I don't know if it's the biggest hat, but um, I love the fact that they got Bobby Wagner back with the 12s in Seattle. Um, they also they pick up Devin Bush, which I think should be interesting. A guy that was once very talented and very highly touted has not had a great post-injury career. 
but now he gets to go sit behind Bobby Wagner, who's one of the best middle linebackers of all time. So I think that could be very good for him. They also get Jerron Reed, sorry, Jerron Reed, Evan Brown from the Lions, who is a versatile in- interior offensive lineman. He can play center. He can play both guard spots. Um, they get Julian Love, the safety. And then they go and they have a good draft class. They get JSN, they get Devin Witherspoon, and they get Derek Hall. So um, I like their overall haul. Um, they lose Shelby Harris, they lose Rashad Penny, Quentin Jefferson, John Abram, Marquise Goodwin, and Tease Tabor. Um, so not too many notable losses for a team that overperformed last year and made the playoffs. Um, one of the best offensive skill position units in the league. Um, when you look at DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and now Jack Smith and Jigba, Kenneth Walker. I mean, it doesn't really get much there there is better offensive units, but they're up there for sure as far as skill position goes. Um, but their O-line outside of Cross and Brown is pretty pitiful. So I think that could be a big problem for a quarterback who's not – I mean, he moved Gino moved around a little bit last year, but he's not the most mobile quarterback in the league. Um, they got a very deep secondary, but I could see if, if we're doing a season review months from now, I could see us looking at this defense as a whole not performing well, and the secondary – Probably shouldn't get that blame for that, but they're going to end up playing a lot of – they're going to end up chasing some guys around with a weak, weak pass rush. I mean, I've really only got two things to say about the Seahawks. One, if Geno can really, like, continue this whole, like, resurgence and they wrote him off, they need not going to write back, but if he can continue that, they can be a really good team and they can be within a game or two of San Fran come December and maybe even challenge for the division. And next, they – Last year, they hit a home run in the draft. They were hitting on first, second, third round. First, second, third, fourth, like every single round they were hitting home runs. This year, I think they did the, they did the same thing. Witherspoon, Smith & Jigba, Hall, Charbonnet, they got good players for where they selected them, and I think they can all make a solid impact from the second they hit the field in week one. Yeah, I think the Seahawks had a, looks like they had a very busy offseason, a lot of moves, a lot of draft picks. I love what they did in the offseason, especially in the draft. But one thing I am interested to see is K-9, Kenneth Walker, and Charbonnet, how those two are going to split the running back position because I love Kenneth Walker, and Charbonnet is a very good receiving back. So I think they have one of the better running back rooms. And I feel like today we've been talking about a lot of teams with a lot of good receivers and just skill position players because they also have maybe some of the best three receivers in the NFL receiving room with Smith, Najigba, Lockett, and DK. Um, one big thing I have for them is when Jamal, when is Jamal Adams going to come back to help this defense? Because they definitely need Jamal Adams back. They have very good corners and uh, very good young corners and Devin Witherspoon, Tariq Wollen, Julian Love, Quandre Diggs. So they have a great secondary. I'm just worried about how they will generate pressure because they don't have a lot going for them, I feel like, on the D-line. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head for me. Um, they have no pass rush, and they need Blitzboy back. At the end of the day, that's just <laughs> what they need. You you need to be able to put pressure on the quarterback. If you, I mean, they're luckily for them, they're not in a division with good offensive lines whatsoever. So that I think will benefit them a lot. But um, and then like you said about K nine, this is a team that or an organization for some reason is just obsessed with drafting running backs. I mean, they take K-9 when they still had, at the time, I'm pretty sure they Carson hadn't gotten hurt yet, and they had Penny. And then, obviously, they don't have either of those guys anymore, and then they draft Charbonnet this year. But um, they're willing to go high. 
uh, high draft picks on running backs, which we'll see how that works out for him. But K-9 has been out with a groin strain. It doesn't seem like it's super serious, but he hasn't been practicing. So um, maybe if he if he doesn't get uh, if he doesn't get back for week one, maybe we could see some Charbonnet action, which we'll see how that goes. And then I mean the biggest thing I've been seeing from camp is Geno Smith's been clicking with his uh, stars, which as he should be. I saw that. I don't know if you guys saw the JSN almost touchdown the other day. That was pretty sick. I was did, he, did he get in? Lockett would have scored on it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just don't though. believe it. But. Yeah. There you go. But yeah, I mean, JSN is hope. I mean, he's the second best receiver on that team. Whether he gets the second most snaps behind Lockett or not off rip, that's to be seen. But um, I, I, I love their draft. I was a big JSN guy coming into the draft or into the few weeks coming up to the draft because I was pounding the table for the Bears to trade back and take JSN because they needed to get Justin Fields a guy. And Seattle getting him at 20 is absurd to me because he just has potential to take over a game from wherever he lines up as a receiver. And I'm very excited to see what he does with Lockett and DK, who are both very good and honestly – not talked about enough and another not talked to talk about enough star Jamal Adams like you guys were just talking about I mean he's one of the more forgotten superstars of the league I feel like we just don't see him anymore partially because he's injured but he just kind of gets lost in that like mud muck whatever you want to call it of a defense that Seattle has had they added a lot of names to the secondary and if he comes back healthy that defense can be really good on the back end, but it all comes down to the pass rush too. Yeah. I've said what I'm worried about with the defense, with the offense, like you said, Josh, I'm worried about the interior offensive line. It's not great. Their tackles have were both draft picks last year. They looked all right last year, and I expect them to develop and be better than they were last year. And then Geno Smith, I believe he can bring them back to the playoffs, but I, it depends if he can play like he did last year or if he can play better. I think if he plays like how he did last year, they'll make the playoffs again. And I hope he does. I hope he still doesn't write back. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like we haven't even fully talked about enough about the fact that Tyreek Willen and Devin Witherspoon as your one and two cornerbacks is going to be real. It's a luxury for them. Is I it Tyreek or just Reek Willen? I mean, I was shocked to see that now it's Reek Willen on the depth chart. But I I don't know what he's going to be. We'll, we'll, <laughs> I'll call him what Joe Buck calls him. But not but, Joe Buck again. I hate Joe Buck. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, you get you get those two, and then obviously you have Quandre Diggs uh, running free safety in the back. So that secondary is just going to be really, really nice. You have Brooks and Wagner as your linebackers, which solid, not fantastic, but solid. So um, I think they're going to win a lot of division games. Like I said, how their their pass rush being their biggest issue and the other teams in this division overall having a really weak uh, offensive line unit. Um, I don't really see a world where they finish higher than the Niners because even in the disaster situation that your quarterback gets hurt, the Niners got the best quarterback or the, probably the deepest quarterback room in the league with the Lions. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I see, I see them probably finishing around second. And just one last note. JSN getting to uh, be aside next to uh, 
great level receivers has as he's had his whole career will be beneficial. Um, this situation for him is significantly better than let's say he goes to the Bears and he has to play wide receiver one. <laughs> I, I get that. I yeah, this is an ideal situation for him. Uh, Witherspoon, Woolen, they're going to be a great duo. Uh, not really much else to say. They're going to be second in the division in my eyes because Rams and oh god, the Cardinals, they're going to be pitiful in my opinion. But I guess we could talk about that next if you guys are ready. <laughs> Yeah, I'm ready to go. Yeah. All right. For the Rams, um, they – oh, man, the Rams. They sold out for a Super Bowl. That's I think that's really the main takeaway I have from looking into the Rams is they sold out for a Super Bowl. But this team now is really, really low on talent outside of Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford. Um, so they had <laughs> – John Johnson, Alika Witherspoon, Demarcus Robinson, Steve Avila, and Byron Young. Um, ugh, tough. Yeah, <laughs> they, they tough they, to say the least. Yeah. They lose Jalen Ramsey, Allen Robinson, Baker Mayfield, Bobby Wagner, Ashawn Robinson, Matt Gay, Nick Scott, Greg Gaines. They lose a lot of guys. They don't add a lot of guys on a team that if they had their own draft pick would have been picking six last year. Obviously, they had their injuries, but – not improving on a roster that was already performed one of the worst in the league is not great. Um, like I said earlier, it's hard to find a bright spot after Cup and Donald. Um, it looks like Byron Young will be their starting edge rusher uh, off rip is what they're saying from camp. Um, it's a really weak defense. Um, but the main things I've been seeing from Sean McVay is that he just needs to work on his conditioning to be able to play a high percentage of snaps because apparently right now he's – been getting pretty gassed, and when he's gassed, he hasn't been nearly playing at the level that he's been when he's been fresh. Yeah, the only thing you can really say about this team is how much they've lost and how little they've gained in the offseason. Sure, they went 5-12 and 12 last year with injuries to all Stafford, Donald, and Cup, and Donald even maybe hinting towards retirement a little bit in the offseason with the whole Twitter bio stuff. But losing Jalen Ramsey for only a fifth-round pick, that's just – that's got to be a nasty punch to the gut. Losing Leonard Floyd, Bobby Wagner, it's losing a lot of good to great players on that defense and can't replace them with just anybody, and that's what they seem to be trying to do. But it wouldn't shock me to see them as sellers at the deadline, moving Cup and Donald for a first or two apiece, maybe just at the end of the year eating that Stafford contract and cutting them, and, or maybe just moving them for another fifth rounder because that's they're what gonna they have love to do. do. They're going to have to eat that contract. Yeah, it's it's a nasty one. So it's it's not looking great in LA, but like you said, they sold out for that Super Bowl. It's gonna be hard to see them really doing anything meaningful on the winning side of the ball in the next like five or six years, to be honest. Yeah, this team's just not very good, bad offensive line. Um it's gonna be interesting to see if they finish worse than the Cardinals, two bad teams. We'll talk about them next. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, the defense outside of Aaron Donald is very bad. I know you said selling. They don't really have much to sell except their high-quality players, which are on big contracts. And, yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see how many games Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, uh, Aaron Donald, and Sean McVay can win them. I don't, I don't see it being very many at all. Yeah, yeah I mean – like you said, Zach, about the Aaron Donald and also Sean McVay teasing retirement. 
Um, after looking at this roster and looking at their potential future, I think they probably should have retired. <laughs> to be completely honest, yeah, I I would too. If the Rams don't win that Super Bowl the last second against the Bengals, we're looking at some of the moves they made in the past couple of years as just again, like we talked about with the Trey Lance, just horrible trades. But you have, I mean, that's the price you pay when you sell out for a Super Bowl. So it's really hard. I know it seems like a lot of people in the media want to be like, oh, wow, the Rams, what they made some horrible moves, but it's hard to say that when they did. They honestly weren't bad. Yeah. If they didn't win the Super Bowl, yeah, they're bad, but they did what they wanted to do to a T. They just, they won the big game. That's what they got Stafford for because Goff didn't do it against the Patriots. Part of that's on McVay, the whole only scoring three points and all that. But Stafford did what Goff couldn't. They traded, they swapped them with the Lions, and they did give up a first. I don't think they were picking, they would have finished with the sixth worst record if the big three stayed healthy. But that's just, they got the Super Bowl, and that's the price you pay afterwards. Yeah. And I don't think it was a flag on the Bengals. So I think the Bengals should have won the Super Bowl that year. So I think they got lucky. But I think the most most exciting thing this team could do this year is start Stetson Bennett at quarterback. That's it might get to that Stafford in his older age. I mean, back when he was playing for my lines back in the day, he would always get hurt, but he was the toughest dude on the field. He would never come out. Now it kind of seems like we're starting to get to he's a little older. He can't do the whole tough it out and play through it shit that he's been doing. So maybe we do see a little Stetson Bennett, especially if they're not winning games. But um, just to touch on that trade again, you you look back at the Stafford and golf trade. And it's hard to imagine, even in Stafford's Super Bowl year, that golf would have been that much worse, uh, worse enough to give up two first round picks and what is now a top 10 quarterback. And now you're Stafford isn't even a top really 15 quarterback anymore. So they don't win that Super Bowl. You're looking at the Lions as geniuses, but the price you pay. I think you still look at them as a not even the Lions, just the trade in general. It was win-win for both sides for sure. Lions because they won the Super Bowl. Because they won. 100%. That's the only reason why the Rams were even considered like winners in that part of the trade. But the Lions, they got they got an extra first, and that pick was top six when they were fighting for a playoff spot in December in the last first. week of the year. Two. Two, first, two, two, first? two first, two thirds in golf. Well, was it a first-round like swap in that year? No. Two no, first, two thirds. Got two in general. Oh wow! Yeah, Ugh. the picks are over now. The golf, the golf stopper trades over now after this year. Gotcha. But yeah, two first, two thirds, and and a top ten quarterback for Stafford is. This trade is leaving a leaving a sour taste in my mouth. The future's <laughs> not not bright at all. I agree. Nothing really else I have for on this team. All right, and for our final team of the day, the Arizona Cardinals. They add Kazir White, Zach Pascal, Hajate Froholt. They draft Paris Johnson, the tackle, who is now apparently going to play some guard, which you really never – I personally never really like to hear that, but they got an O-line full of tackles, so they kind of got to have some guys play guard. Um, B.J. Ojolari and Garrett Williams, the cornerback. They lose D-Hop. They lose Chosen, Anderson, Byron Murphy, and Zach Allen. Um, their whole season really revolves around when Kyler comes back. Um, it's it's really unfortunate to see a lot of the media slandering him when 
two years ago, 2021, those first eight weeks and the, the season in 2020, he was playing great. One of the best quarterbacks in the league. And it's kind of seeming like the media is giving him this fall from grace that I personally really haven't seen. Obviously you have the collapse in 2021, but he played great for the majority of that season, even during the collapse. So it really depends on when he comes back. Um, they got edge rusher Zayvon Collins. Apparently he's looked very good in camp and is going to start. Uh, pass rush is one of many weaknesses on this team. Um, like I said, Paris Johnson is going to play guard, which I really wish he would just they would just play. You draft a player as high as they drafted him, you have to play them at their true Pretty position. Too. That's what I'm saying. You you have to play him at his true position. Um, flipping tackles from one side to another is one thing that can be learned. Um, maybe Paris Johnson has played some guard in high school or college. I pers- I didn't say anything about it, but uh, him playing guard is interesting. Um, and yeah, it's it's regarded as one of the worst rosters in the league. But with Kyler Murray, I don't think they if they have Kyler Murray and I'm looking at their roster and the Rams roster, I'm taking the Cardinals, even with the stars, I'm taking the Cardinals. The weaknesses are just more in the Rams off or roster. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But the whole Kyler injury aside, if your list of additions starts with Jeff Driscoll, I think you got some some issues going on internally. So I this team, it's thank for Caleb Williams. That's that's the agenda. Uh they added Paris Johnson, like you said. Uh Ojulari, I think, has some promise. And Michael Wilson, I've heard a couple of good things about him from camp too. So the rookie class has some solid potential, but this team ain't doing anything anytime soon, especially this year. And hopefully Kyler comes back and he's healthy and maybe they trade the number one pick for a haul and then help out Kyler a little bit because of his like massive, nearly immovable contract. That's got him locked down until I think maybe 27 or 28. But if you somehow move that, then you got to go Caleb Williams and just tear it all down to the studs and rebuild from there. Yeah, I kind of like what they did in the offseason. They didn't really have much they could do except for just get rid of money, go with young guys. I like their draft with Paris Johnson, uh, BJ Ojolari, Owen Popoe as well. I like the addition of Kaiser White to the linebacker core. I think with Jonathan Gannon coming in, I think they'll just play hard. I think they kind of know they have to get some culture in there. Cliff Kingsbury d- didn't really seem like a great culture guy. So I think Jonathan Gannon is going to bring, you know, explosives and some culture. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, other than there a couple players in the secondary, their secondary isn't very good. They got Buda Baker. Corners aren't great. They got Isaiah Simmons, who I see listed as a cornerback on their depth chart. I hadn't noticed that. That's very interesting. That was interesting to me too, yeah. Um, but yeah, they have their offensive line isn't very good, but they have some guys. Uh, Paris Johnson, obviously, they drafted. Um, actually, that's about it. But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a old, it's a O line full of tackles. Yeah, and not great tackles, just all right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much we can trust uh, these ESPN listed depth charts fully because everything I've seen is that Johnson's going to play ta- or is going to play guard, excuse me, and they've got him listed as starting right tackle here. So take the Isaiah Simmons thing, I feel like, with a grain of salt. But um, even if you don't count Simmons as a linebacker, they have a pretty solid linebacker room, which is uh, something a lot of teams in the league 
uh, I've noticed as we've gone through these uh, division previews the past three weeks, a lot of teams don't have the best linebacker crew. So I think for it's interesting for a team that's not super talented all around. But um, I I do not agree at all with the tank for Caleb Williams thing. Yeah, I, if you get the number one pick, I think you just trade it, or maybe you trade down a couple spots. Um, they're yeah, maybe you trade down to like three and try to get Marvin Harrison or something. But whatever they decide they want to do with that pick, but I you don't spend the capital on Murray, set, sign him to this massive deal which he didn't play out of. He has not played out of the deal. He got hurt. He has absolutely not played out of his deal yet. If he goes and plays the next couple seasons and is and is mid, then yeah, then then maybe it's like, all right, it's time to reset. Obviously, if you have the number one pick and you don't take a quarterback and you end up needing one in two years, you're going to regret that. But at the same time, you're going to just throw away everything you did and have, and have had with Kyler Murray. I, I I just don't see that. Yeah, kind of circling back to Isaiah Simmons, I feel like he's been very underwhelming for being the eighth overall pick in his draft. He spent time at linebacker and safety and from the depth chart on ESPN and he's going to be playing corner at some point this year. I mean, he's just, he's been very inconsistent at both spots for being considered a very versatile and physically gifted uh, athlete coming out of Clemson. And he's just been underwhelming and honestly kind of going to the first overall pick potentially if they get pick number one and they don't want to trade out of it and they love Kyler, why not take Marvin Harrison at one? I mean, he's that good. I mean, I, I don't think it's that big of a stretch if they don't want to move off Kyler. Yeah. If this team got the one number one overall pick, I would just, I wouldn't want to work for as a GM or anything. That'd be an awful job because that's a decision. Do you decide between, the, a generational quarterback prospect or the guy you've already paid. That's, I guess, a position that other GM's not going to want to be in. But, I mean, they got a good receiving room. Not not that good, actually. I mean, Marquise Brown's all right. Greg Dortch, he had a couple games last year where he looked really good. Rondell Moore, I've been hoping to see more of. I hope he gets the chance to shine this year. Like we said in uh, his last podcast, Zach Ertz is back at tight end. James Conner, not the greatest running back. He can get touchdowns. I I just don't see this offense doing that much, obviously without Kyler at all. Yeah, there's been a pretty depressing back-to-back uh, teams here with the Rams and the Cardinals. But just to – and it, I mean, we've been talking about the future this whole time, but that's kind of what you have to talk about with this team. In the event they do get the number one pick, I just – I know it's like – the mock drafts don't matter and the value doesn't matter, but taking a wide receiver at one is, is absurd. Cause I really? don't think, I don't think most teams would, you have the number one pick every most teams in the league are going to want Caleb Williams. So you at least trade down to two, at least I think two would be fine with taking Drake rather than moving. Probably what's going to be another first just to move up one spot. But at the same time, the Cardinals got to – if I'm the Cardinals GM, like you were saying, it is definitely going to be a tough job. You have to keep your cards close to your chest because if you – you you got to have the world thinking you want Caleb Williams if you're going to get something for this pick. And you have – they can stick with their theme of drafting every tackle and they can go get Fashano from the uh, from Penn State, who's going to be a high draft pick next year most likely. So, I mean, they got options. Um, 
I don't know. I just can't. I just can't see them taking Caleb. Williams. I I would be disappointed if they if they uh, took Caleb Williams, but that means that some team is going to get blessed with Kyler Murray for for probably they're going to get him for less than what he's worth. Probably. I mean, I talked about it last episode. Maybe Atlanta if uh, Ritter doesn't work out. Oh him God. with Bijan, Pitts, and London, that'd be pretty scary. Kyler, Kyler on Atlanta, that's a Super Bowl team. I'm sorry, that's a Super Bowl team. Bold claim, but I – That roster, man. I can't not see it. That It's a it's a good roster and getting that massive of an upgrade in this hypothetical uh, situation. Yeah, Kyler, that, Kyler be, with an O-line and weapons? Well, he's had weapons, but – an O line. He's had D hop, and that's roughly it. Yeah, Hollywood Brown for half a season. Right. Yeah, I think the way this team kind of approached the off season, it's almost like I feel like they almost would take Caleb Williams and move on from Kyler. Just the way they approach it, getting rid of D hop. That's just kind of how I feel. I I personally believe in Kyler Murray. I think he can be a top ten quarterback, top seven quarterback. I think he still is a top ten quarterback. Yeah. I don't think he well, ever like regress talent wise well it's going to be interesting to see how he comes back from a knee injury as a mobile quarterback that's true yeah i mean this is a discussion that is only happening because of how generational caleb williams is i mean just looking back caleb williams trevor lawrence that kind of seems like the short list to me of guys that if we're uh, in an upcoming draft where a team like the cardinals would just throw aside Kyler Murray and even think about taking quarterback number one. It's probably only just injury. It's probably only injury history that they're really thinking Kyler might not be the greatest to move forward with, especially with where the rest of the roster is. Division standings. I'm going to go with Niners, Seahawks, one, two, and then the Rams and the Cardinals, I think are going to be battling it out for third here. If Kyler comes back early, um, I think they could win some games towards the end of the year and pass up the Rams. But if we're talking like week 13, week 14 for Kyler, um, and Stafford stays healthy, I think I'll, I'll go Rams three, Cardinals four. I've got the exact same setup. I, I just don't think the Cardinals are going to get enough games without Kyler while the Rams still have their big three together. And by the time Kyler comes back, it's going to be probably too late and not enough winnable games to really jump into third, which it's not like they're going to be fighting for a wild card or anything. So three and four really doesn't matter, but all depends on when Kyler comes back. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I got Niners, Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals. I can see the Cardinals moving up. Like you said, Josh, if Kyler comes back halfway through the season early, halfway, but I I got Rams three, Cardinals four. All right, awesome. Moving on to the Offensive Rookie of the Year for the NFC West. Uh, I went with JSN. Um, I probably would have went with Paris Johnson if he was playing his true position. The guard thing, once again, worries me. And then you get JSN in an offense where, like he's had his whole college career, Marvin Harrison, Wilson, Alave. He's played with great receivers, and that's put him in the best spot to get drafted where he was. Um, so I think I'll have similar success this season alongside Metcalf and Lockett. Yeah, I've got JSN too. Same reasons as you. If Paris Johnson was playing his true position and maybe actually had a decent quarterback to really protect, then I think he would get a lot more attention from the national media. But JSN, he's going to be making a lot of plays. And Seattle is honestly on the up and up. So I think 
He'll rack up a good amount of yards, a lot of touches, very versatile. He's going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. And uh, I agree. I got JSN. I didn't really really consider Paris Johnson. I just think JSN is going to have a great season with uh, Gino, especially after watching that preseason game. Yep. Uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Um, I did have Byron Young as an honorable mention just based on what I said about all the stuff I've been hearing about him just needing to get his conditioning right and he's going to be a hell of a player. But I'm going with Devin Witherspoon. I think every the best possible situation as a young corner is to have a good pass rusher going into and a really solid uh, cornerback one that's going to take the pressure away from you. He doesn't have that with the pass rush, but he definitely has that with Reek Woolen. So um, I, I got Witherspoon. I also got Witherspoon. He's got a good secondary, good group of guys around him to really help him out. So he doesn't have to guard wide receiver one every single play. And he doesn't have the pass rush in front of him. But once he does in a year or two, I think he'll be more than ready to really take on uh, a lot more responsibility as maybe cornerback one if he elevates his game to that woolen level. But, yeah, he's going to win defensive rookie of the year for this division. And, again, I also have Witherspoon. Interesting to see that the Seahawks won O'Roy and D-Roy for this division. And they might have done it back-to-back years as well. Yeah, for a team that is probably not the most talented team in this division. Or at least I looked at it in the media. But uh, Offensive Player of the Year, I was between a few here. I feel like when we get into these Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, and MVP, you got like a list of guys you're looking at, and you just kind of have to leave some guys off. Um, So... I'm going to have to leave off Debo Samuel and I'm going to have to go with Cooper cup uh, for offensive player of the year. Um, X triple crown cut going to be healthy off an injury. His quarterback's going to be healthy off an injury. He's going to be force fed more than he's ever been. Obviously he's going to also be attacked on defense more than he's ever been. But um, Cooper cup is just, he, we need to continue to give him his respect because it seems like in the media, especially nowadays in the NFL, the second a player gets hurt, you forget about everything he's been doing. So Cooper Cup needs to continue to get the top five respect that he is, 100% is. I actually got Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Cup's a really – he's a good player, good name to have here, but I got CMC. He can run the ball really well. He can catch the ball really well. And he can, he can even throw it pretty well sometimes too. So I think he's just going to be – one of the main driving forces of that Shanahan offense, and he's just gonna he's gonna win them a lot of games. Yeah, for Opoy, I was deciding between Cooper Cup and actually Trent Williams because I think him being the main guy in that O line is big for them. But I went with Cooper Cup. I think, if, especially if Matt Stafford can play every game of the year, I think he's gonna get a lot of targets again. And like you said, Josh, he's a top five receiver in the league. And yeah, that's. All right, for uh, uh, for Depoy and these last two here, Depoy and MVP. Um, uh, once again, like I said, a lot of options. There's a lot of good defensive players. Um, but I'm gonna go with Fred Warner, arguably the best linebacker in the league. Um, and he's part of a front seven that's gonna be the best in the league, 100, and has been for a long time. Um, obviously, you lose D'Amico Ryan's. That's gonna hurt any team. But this is the Shanahan train through and through on both ends of the football. And Fred Warner's just, he's just that guy. I've actually got Aaron Donald. Uh, Like you were mentioning earlier when we were talking about the teams individually, 
The, none of them really have strong offensive lines. So I think Donald is, despite getting double teamed on like 70, 75% of his snaps, he's just, he's still going to do what he does. And he's just going to dominate. That's what he does. Yeah. I feel crazy to not pick Aaron Donald because he's the best defensive player of our era. But I'm going to go with Nick Bosa. I think he's going to have a great year again with the Niners and rack up a lot of sacks. I'm worried that Aaron Donald might get, he already gets double teamed all the time, but now there's not much help that he has at all. So I'm going to go with Nick Bosa. When it went uh, for me choosing between the defensive player of the year and MVP, I was between Warner, Bosa, and Donald just in general for those two awards. And I decided to go with Nick Bosa for MVP. The main, my main reason with not picking Donald for an award is one, he is, like you said, he's going to get doubled, like he has been. And this is, like we talked about earlier, a significantly, it, he, it's it's just an Aaron Donald show. Like they're going to, they're going to be able to throw two guys and maybe even sometimes a third guy at him. Like it's, he's not going to be able to produce with the gravity that he's going to have, which will be the most of his career. Plus the fact that it kind of feels like he was one foot in one foot out of football a couple months ago. So I think that's a fair concern. Um, but to shift over to Nick Bosa, who I have as MVP, arguably the best pass rusher in the league. Um, and he's just going to – he's playing with a lot of talented players, and they're not going to be able to throw the doubles at him that they could throw at Donald in L.A. So I went with Nick Bosa at MVP. Yeah, same here. Uh, adding Javon Hargrave is going to take a lot of a lot of those double teams. Yeah, they'll still chip him with a tight end and running back every once in a while, but he's going to probably be in the running for defensive player of the year for the entire league. But for this division – I had him winning MVP. For MVP, I had Christian McCaffrey just because I think he's going to be most of this Niners offense. Uh, they got Debo, obviously, but I think Brock Purdy, we saw how good Christian McCaffrey was in the, after the trade to the 49ers last year. I think he's going to keep doing what he did last year and win MVP of this division. All right. Any last notes before we wrap this up? Uh, not really. I'm just excited for next week. Big episode coming up. Yep. Next week, we're doing the NFC and AFC North. Uh, I'm a Lions fan and Zach is a Bears fan, so we've been pretty excited for this one for a while. Um, might get heated. Yeah, might get heated. Uh, remember to follow us on our socials. They're on the screen for Twitter or X or whatever you call it. Uh, at Engage8Pod, also on Twitter. And don't forget to like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. We'll see everyone in the next one.